Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Lauren Jacobs. Lauren is passionate about empowering women to see their lives as full of possibilities and as a landscape for dreams. Lauren is an activist committed to speaking about issues such as domestic violence in faith communities. She is also a storyteller, researcher, author, journalist, and an ordained minister in full-time ministry with her husband. Hope you enjoy today's episode. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. Lauren, I am so excited to have you on the show today to talk about biblical feminism and just the importance of equality, in, in society today and just your perspective on it, particularly from a Christian and biblical standpoint. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, Kay, it is so good to actually be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. And I think it's just such an important conversation that we're going to have today. And I'm really, really looking forward to it and hope that everybody listening is going to have a great time with us today. Yeah, so am I. And so I think it's really important for us to just start out with what is biblical feminism? Hmm. Exactly. I think that, you know, for the purpose of the conversation that we're going to have today, I think I'm just going to distinguish between two things, although there is obviously many more aspects of feminism, but just to, you know, kind of differentiate there's secular feminism, Mm -hmm. which, you know, has many different kinds of strands and different waves. We know first wave, second wave, third wave, liberal feminism, and all different types of feminism, which we're going to just box in and say that's secular feminism. And for the purpose of our conversation, we're going to talk about biblical feminism, which, you know, very briefly, I mean, a brief definition would really be to say that biblical feminists truly believe that God created a man and a woman as equals. And the conviction for that is that the Bible teaches that and that the basis for that belief is of course found in the pages of the Christian Bible of the Christian scriptures right from you know the very beginning in Genesis right through to you know Revelation and it's also the belief of course that you know women are gifted women are called and women are able to lead in whatever capacity she is called to lead in that women are free to act, you know, as full human beings and that, you know, women should be included in all spheres of leadership, which is so important. And then of course, one of the issues that's probably very important to mention, you know, 
it's an, an issue that's important for biblical feminists is the issue of human rights as yeah. well as the, you know, against discrimination of women against discrimination of all women. And also, you know, the persecution of Christian women is also one of the big issues of biblical feminism because it is a global human rights issue and it's an issue yeah. of women's rights as well. So that's basically what it is, you know, just this, overarching belief that men and women are created equal equal from the very beginning and that we should be serving leading and working in every equal capacity that we can yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing that and i would like to ask how has this issue considering that it isn't an issue how has it affected your journey in ministry that's such an interesting one. I think, you know, I, I reflect back on a time in my life where, I don't know, I, I don't ever remember, you know, thinking about women's rights or thinking about, you know, okay. feminism growing up. I, I don't really remember ever thinking about it. I don't remember my parents ever talking about it. I mean, I grew up in a very authoritarian home. So my father was very patriarchal and okay. I saw firsthand, you know, just the, the abuse of power that patriarchy really brings. Mm -hmm. And that was so true about how I grew up because my father was very, very patriarchal and very dominating and abusive as well. So, but I never remembered ever thinking that it was a feminist issue or anything like that. I just always remembered feeling that what he was doing and how he was, was wrong. But I think that my main kind of turning point for me actually was when I think back to it, this, this, my boyfriend at the time is now my husband. Well, we were dating a few months and he was at seminary studying to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. And he, he, you know, we went out the one day and he said to me that they're doing this amazing course, you know, at seminary and it's called marriage and family. And the course is actually mm -hmm. run by a woman who is uh, egalitarian, which okay. is very much, you know, part of a, uh, biblical feminism is that belief that everybody's equal. And so her course was, you know, really very much about men and women are equal and that kind of thing. And he was so excited, you know, and, you know, Tim was so excited and he was telling me all these beautiful things that he was learning. And there was this moment that I sat there and this was back in 2008. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, Tim, well, I don't agree with what you're telling me. And I remembered having this sort of, very weird feeling that I'm speaking up against the equality of women. So it was kind of, I believe, a very divine moment for me because I never ever thought about it before. And I truly do believe that women were equal right from the beginning, but there was something inside of me that was stopping me from fully believing that. And that was a catalyst moment for me. It was such a huge moment because it was really a moment where I started to started to unpack really why I was so against what he was telling me, even though, you know, he was speaking about the equality of women and how it's scriptural and he was showing me all these things, but I felt like there was something inside of me that was against what he was saying. And when I began to unpack that over a couple of years and number of years, I began to realize that society itself is giving us all these messages that we just take on board subconsciously and a lot of what I felt and what I believed was fashioned in me 
not because I believed it, but because as a child, I heard certain messages as a teenager, you know, boys treated me a certain way. Uh, I was, you know, heard things about myself as a woman that I shouldn't have heard. And I realized that that's what it was. And I began to unpack that. And truly for me, it was a spiritual awakening. And I truly believe that it was really God that led me to begin to unpack why I believed what I believed. And it was all societal messages that I had taken on board. And so I really began to see equality as something that is really scriptural and that men and women are completely created equal. And I began to see this in the Bible and looking very deeply at scripture. And I went on to do my honors, you know, in divinity and then went on to do my masters and focused so much on what the Bible said. It wasn't just about my personal journey, but my convictions were really spiritually based. During times of like meditation and prayer, I would receive these amazing revelations of truth. And so for me, it then became my ministry really as part of it to empower women to see themselves as who they really are and who they're really called to be. And feminism has become a really bad word in many um, Christian churches and faith communities. I meet women all the time that tell me how their leaders, you know, use the dirty F word. And that's what they refer to it as the dirty F word when they refer to any kind of feminism. And so it's really, really such a big topic that we're talking about. And it's so really deep but I think for me it really was a spiritual awakening that changed my life to see that you know what women are we are here and we've always been there and so it's really become my ministry to preach and teach about women and to you know specifically women in the bible but also women that were leaders so that we can see that that's truly who we were created to be and it came as a process of my own unpacking of what I really really believed uh-huh. Yeah, that is so important. And I know just for me, my my own experience, I grew up seeing women in ministry, um, but it wasn't until I, I did hear about, you know, some local congregations that weren't in support of women in ministry, but I did see women who were pastors, who were in leadership roles. But once I um, came into ministry, and well, when I came into ministry, there were some people who had expressed <laughs> um, mm-hmm. their dislike for women in ministry. And, mm-hmm. and I also saw that there's, there isn't just stigma with women in ministry, but also young women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the time, oh my gosh, I don't even remember how old I was. I think I was 18. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was. And so it was like, you know, young girls shouldn't be, you know, preaching or in the pulpit or, you know, different things like that. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up seeing women in ministry. So I never saw it as as an issue myself. But it wasn't yeah. until I came into ministry that I was kind of exposed to this. Um there is preference at least at least where i grew up on who ministers to you and who we're going to receive from and mm-hmm. so that was a new world for me and i even told my husband because he's been in ministry for a while and i told him you know when i would be invited to preach places i would feel intimidated mm-hmm. because i'm the only woman 
in the, <laughs> you know, in yeah. the and on top of that, I'm surrounded by men who have been in ministry a lot longer than I have um, mm. in terms of public ministry, that is. And so, you know, we would have conversations about that and he would just, you know, reassure me that, you know, it's about who, who God has called and it's, it's not about your gender or who, who has been in ministry longer or anything like that. But that's been my personal experience, just seeing wow. that it is an issue. So I'm glad that biblical feminism is being advocated for. And mm. um, this conversation is really necessary just mm. because, like I said, I, I do see it as, as an issue, but that's just my, my personal experience that I've had with it. Yeah, I, I've had the exact same thing as you. Okay. So it's so amazing, you know, for me to hear it as well. I have been to many places in the past and I think I still deal with it a bit today. But, yeah. you know, in the past I would, I, you know, go to places and there would be all these men there and I would be asked to preach the word. <laughs> and I would, I would feel the same way, you know, even though I knew that I was qualified, exactly. you know, I knew that I was I was ordained and, you know, you have all these qualifications. I would always feel like I don't want to preach in front of men. And exactly. I remember yeah. too, it's a scary world, right? And I think that that's, people don't really always know that because we don't always have these conversations yeah. that, you know, and, and I do believe it is also, I think you alluded a little bit to this, but I think it is very much got to do as well with specific faith communities mm -hmm. like I find certain denominations of exactly. course we know there's a lot of talk about specific denominations mm -hmm. and what they believe and what they sort of you know what is their overarching theology like what is their mission statement and for many of them they would say that you know women cannot teach women cannot preach mm -hmm. and they just believe that and that's complementarianism and it's found in very many different kinds of, you know, church groups and denominations. And so you almost feel that when you stand up there and you're a woman, you're going to preach and you're like, oh, okay, they've invited me, but what's going to happen? Yeah. And yeah, I think that's so important that we're talking about this. And it, it was even such a big thing for me. I remember in 2014, my husband and I went to, to go and teach and train up leaders in West Africa. And when we got there, I felt so intimidated because most of the leaders were male, mm -hmm. but they kept asking for me to preach. And our team leader kept on saying, Lauren, when are you going to be preaching to everybody? Because I would do all the women's meetings, you know, <laughs> and I was like, listen, I don't want to preach to everybody because I was still, you know, getting yeah. into my stride and uh, these these men they were like so open they were so yeah. amazing so warm and wonderful and they just kept on asking when are you when are you preaching they wanted to hear from me and god was doing amazing things in the woman's ministry and so the women were telling their husbands and the husbands oh, were like okay. when is she gonna preach to us and i was just like there's no ways i'm preaching to everybody you know and that was also again part of my journey um but then also having a lot of men just in, in a very nice way, in a good way, just, you know, when I was at different congregations and conferences and camps, even, you know, really come and just be drawn to me and just, just talk to me and, and men that were a lot older than me. And I think that that was part of my journey to set me free as well. Uh, even with my first book that I released in 2016, 
I won an award for it. And it was an award that's generally won by a lot of theology, uh, theological men. Um, and that evening when I accepted my award, I was one of the only women there. And I had all these men come and talk to me afterwards, all these theological professors from many of our universities that I looked up to. And they invited me to come and talk at these at these universities. And I think that that was part of my journey that I had to experience to see that not everybody's like that. Uh, yeah. Not all of the men are like that, but it's very scary. You know, initially it's, it's, it Absolutely. was quite something. So it's good that you're sharing that as well, because then I'm like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> it's not a solitary journey. Like there's oh, women no. that are really experiencing this. And do you still experience that? Do you feel like that's something that you're journeying through still today? Um, I don't feel like it's as much of an issue now, um, but it was mostly something that I had to deal with internally because I feel like it will always be an issue externally, but it's just how I'm showing up to it. And so it was definitely an external issue and then I'm showing up insecure and you get what I'm saying? I just kind of went into it yeah, yeah. thinking oh, I feel intimidated. I don't belong here. You know, I'm going to be judged more than the the male minister is going to be judged. And also, I for a while, I felt as if, because my dad, he has been pastoring for almost 30 years, and he's very well known in our hometown. And so at one point, I was feeling like people were, they weren't really agreeing with me being a a female minister, but that they were accepting it because of who my dad was. Mm. And, you know, I'm not saying that that was the case, but that's, that's just how I felt for a while. And so that's another thing that I had to kind of overcome and really accept that people are accepting the words that are coming out of my mouth, not mm. just because of who my dad is and because he's well known. Um, because there was a lot of talk for a while, you know, your, um, your brother is going to go in, into ministry. I have a little brother. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, your brother is, is going to go into ministry and, you know, all of these things. And I have no doubt that he, you know, will, if that's what he chooses to do. But um, I know a lot of that attention was put on my brother. Mm. And so it's like, when I came out into ministry, it, people were saying that it wasn't surprising, but then at the same time, I felt like it kind of ruffled some feathers. Like <laughs> it didn't go in the order that people were thinking it would. Mm, exactly. Or that maybe I would remain in just the behind the scenes ministry that I had been doing. Um, but, you know, those are just some observations that I'm, that I made nothing, you know, set in stone, but those were just my thoughts during that time that I really had to overcome, but I feel like it will be an issue forever you know because yeah that's just, that's just how society works but I had to exactly. decide that I have to show up confident mm -hmm. in who I am confident in the calling of God and just be obedient yes exactly that's yeah. so cool yeah yeah so this yeah. is this is a really cool conversation and I haven't been able to have this sort of conversation except for with my husband um oh, cool before now so I really I really appreciate this but yeah it was I guess you always think that people will 
see things the way that you see them or have the same feelings. And so I'm like, I don't really care who ministers to me as long as it's the word of God. <laughs> yes. So you exactly. just assume everyone has that perspective, but it was definitely an eye opener when I found out that it really was that big of a deal and that there is a preference between genders, not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it, because our voices are typically higher than yes. men's voices. There's, yes. there's authority that comes with deep voices and bass and, <laughs> you know, yes. all of those things. And, you know, just um, the male presentation when it comes to ministry, there is a preference for that. And, um yeah it's so interesting it's so interesting <laughs> i remember watching uh the iron lady you know the movie about margaret uh, thatcher you know mm -hmm. the british prime minister and one of the things that they did with her when she was going to step forward and want to you know take on the position of prime minister was that she had you know elocution lessons where they taught her not to speak in that high-pitched tone but she had yeah. to speak in a lower tone. It's exactly what you say now. She had yeah. to learn to speak in a lower tone with more authority. And when she said something, it had to be quick, you know, and it yeah. had to be like you put in your foot down when you call somebody. It, it wasn't just like, yeah, you know, it was yeah. like, mm, and it had to have this power. And yeah. they, so they taught her just how to talk for yeah. a position of leadership. Yeah. And, it's what we deal with exactly like you're saying today it's what we deal with and it's it's crazy and for me it's it's it doesn't make sense but to some people it does and it matters yeah and it's so crazy and it's important to talk about these things because you know there are going to be women and young girls that come after us in, you know, generations after us who will might be experiencing the same things, but yeah. because we don't talk about enough, what, you know, what we have to go through because of mindsets and theology that has been handed down, yeah. other people don't really realize and they don't know. And so they think, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'm not called or maybe because I'm a woman, I shouldn't be here because I've never seen another woman represented in my community. And I've met women like that as well that have taken on these leadership positions and they are the only ones and they are feeling like they are the only representation, you know, of what it means to be a woman in leadership in their entire church or in their entire body you know, their denomination. And that was also interesting because yeah. when I did my master's degree, I was researching, you know, the church's response to woman abuse, which was part of my thesis. And one of the things that I focused on, it kind of went a little bit on a sideline. Uh, but one of the things I focused on was how hard was it for women who were leaders and pastors to be in those leadership positions. And I did this about seven years ago. And the woman shared with me, you know, these are female pastors, the things that they had heard, you know, one woman received death threats and what? from people in her congregation. Wow. And it was crazy. She was one of the first females ordained for the Dutch reformed church here in South Africa, which is, it used to be and continues to be a very conservative, you know, type of denomination. And she received death threats because it's like you said, she was actually a young woman at the time. I think she was 30 when she got ordained. So that scene is very young. And, 
yeah, it was incredible just to hear these women's stories, receiving death threats from yeah. congregants, just because you're female and looking at you and saying, you shouldn't be there, you know, because exactly. of your gender. And that's not okay. And that's why biblical feminism is not just a movement. It's not about being a movement or a different way of thinking or a new philosophy. It's about really going into the, into the Bible and saying, we are women. And also a big thing is for women to correctly interpret the scriptures as well for too long. The study of the Bible and theology has always been very male dominated, you know, for many, many centuries. Mm -hmm. And so now as women, we need to, you know, we are led by the spirit of God. We have his spirit in us. We begin to take on those positions and roles and say, we need to be in also interpreting the scriptures because when we interpret the scriptures, it means something different as well because God speaks to us differently, but we can also look at what's been overlooked. We can look at what's been changed, you know, like male translators changing names of people in our Bibles because they didn't feel comfortable with having a female apostle mentioned in Romans 16 and then just changing the female name to be a male name and doing that with other leaders who were female also in the new testament and just you know changing blatantly changing names so that they're not female names now as women we look at this and we uncover that and we say well that's what's happened but because there's a cover-up here because it didn't fit the theology of the time Mm -hmm. you know that was happening and i think that's why it's important as well that women begin to interpret the bible write commentaries on the scripture and really accurately translate it you know, from a standpoint of truth and looking at it and giving that to the world now as well. And I believe it is happening and I have seen it happening, but I do believe it needs to gather a bit more momentum, you know, in our generation as well. So I think that that's an important point to actually mention as well, that women need to not just, you know, maybe be in pulpit ministry, but also be in ministry where it's, you know, apologetics and you're looking at theological doctrine and you're looking at all of those kind of things. Women need to be represented there as well. And they haven't, but I know that women are breaking ground in that area. And that's a point as well that we make for biblical feminism, that women need to be represented. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is such an unnecessary conversation. Let me ask you this. What would you say are the most common misconceptions or stereotypes associated with either general feminism or biblical feminism? Wow. Um, I think that general stereotypes, oh, (laughs) this is interesting. I think general stereotypes, I mean, I think of, of family members of mine that I have and that are very much against feminism, um, male family members specifically. And one of the things that they will always say is that they'll say, well, anyone that's a feminist is just a bra burning, angry person. You know, you're just taking off your bras and you're just burning it on the sidewalk and (laughs) you guys are so angry all the time. And you're so sensitive as well. And I think that that's one of the common, you know, these stereotypes of this angry woman uh, specifically, although I know there are a lot of men who are also feminists or biblical feminists, and a lot of them are amazing. But if we just touch on women, there is that common misperception that 
you know, any kind of feminism is just angry based. And I think that it's very much the opposite because biblical feminism is exactly what I said. It's about this, you know, liberation of, of, people and especially speaking out against discrimination speaking out against you know gross injustices happening to human beings yeah. and you know speaking up for humans rights whether it be you know anything like it, it's it's not about being angry or being sensitive it's about knowing that there are things happening exactly. that it's not okay you know, and for me as a journalist, I've spent many, many years of my journalism career. I spent uncovering things that were happening, great global social injustices happening with women, such as, you know, genocide in China, which was my focus for four years. And then female ritual servitude, which I mentioned West Africa earlier on, which I kind of researched when I was there, you know, girls still being offered at altars for the sins of their fathers. And this is still practices that are happening today, you know, and what's happening. And when they're offered at these altars, they have to live with these old male priests. So there is, you know, STDs, there's HIV, there's, you know, teenage pregnancies, and, and all of these realities, trafficking that's happening. So for example, you know, when you look at those kind of things, which are important to, to biblical feminists as well, the issue of human rights, we look at these things and we say that these things are not okay and women are being oppressed. So we're not angry and we're not being sensitive. You know, we just, we really, really care and we want things to change. So I think that there's this misconception that, that feminism is against men as well. And that's not the case at all. Because, yeah. you know, biblical feminism is saying that men and women are equal. So it's exactly like you said, you know, it doesn't matter who's preaching to you as long as they're preaching the correct word of God. Like yeah. if it's a man or a woman, it's about your calling. It's about your gifting. It's about what you've been called to do. And that's your obedience. So it's not saying that men, you know, are better than women. It's not saying that women are better than men. It's saying that how can exactly. we, you know, co-rule which is our mandate you know from the garden of eden that mandate of co-rulership co-dominion and you know co-leading the earth to serve the earth tend the earth exercise this authority over the earth to ensure that the whole of the creation would thrive and be in this balance yeah. you know and it's so it's that common misperception of well you saying that women are better or you know, you women are very angry or you women don't like men. And I think those are some of the, the huge misconceptions that I've experienced and that I've heard people talk about. Yeah. Um, but, but it's funny that angry one comes up quite a lot. Yeah. And I honestly, I mean, I honestly know that biblical feminists are not angry. I've got so many friends who <laughs> are involved in this, like they write books on it and they are so involved in this topic and this conversation and this lifestyle. And they are not angry people at all. They just have been awakened to, you yeah. know, wanting to do something to accomplish the purpose of God for all human beings. Yeah. And so that's what I've encountered. I don't know if you can add to that, but that's really kind of what I would say, those kind of highlights that I've encountered, definitely. Yeah, I would definitely agree that that's, that's one of the biggest things. So for those that may be listening and they, maybe this is news to them or maybe it's not, but they're wondering how they can help. Like they see that it's an issue, but now they're wondering what can I do to kind of advance this what would you tell them? Wow. I would say that that is a great question. And I would say 
to begin to study the word of God in order to understand what God really thinks about women, because we have had so much theology taught to us that is incorrect, you know, that's based on incorrect interpretations of the Bible. And one that comes to my mind is that Timothy scripture, which says, I do not permit a woman to teach, you know, and it's, people have just taken that scripture and they've run with it and said, okay, women aren't allowed to teach, but there's such a huge context to that scripture. And, you know, about Paul addressing an issue that was happening in that congregation and telling Timothy how to deal with that. So Mm -hmm. it's so contextual. And so I would really encourage people to correctly divide the word of truth. Like go and study the Bible, you know, and look at getting, if, you know, some people don't know how to start studying the Bible because they say, well, I just pick up the Bible and I open and I start to read. But now how do I know what I'm reading? If it's true, if my understanding is correct. So really maybe even go, there's some amazing organizations. One I can think of is Christians for Biblical Equality, uh, CBE International. And I've been a member with them for over a decade, they have some amazing resources available, their magazines, as well as books written by so many different scholars on this particular topic. And, you know, also scholars that have, you know, written commentaries on the Bible. And I would encourage you to start with the scriptures, not to start with just maybe, you know, anything out there, but to start with the Bible and say, okay, I really want to understand what is being said here and to look at it and to get deep into that and to use the resources of people who maybe think a little bit differently of you than you do. But then also once you come to a place maybe of understanding is to just really begin to share in love and in grace with other people, what you have discovered, how do you help? That's how you help. If you want to, you know, get, get into this, you know, it takes a change of a mindset and also begin to look at your congregation and say, well, do I have a female preacher in my congregation? Mm. You know, do I hear a woman preaching from the pulpit ever? And to start to, to share and to come alongside women who are called to what I say is pulpit ministry, teaching Mm -hmm. ministry, come alongside women like that and, and be that support, be that encouragement, be that person that is truly advocating for female leadership because it's so important and to continue to have these kinds of conversations. And I truly believe that as you are awakened to this, you'll be taken on your own path and journey as to how you can, you know, kind of advocate for things. Like for me, my journey is about telling women's stories from the Bible and from history. And that's how God has been leading me the last, you know, 10 years of my life. As I tell these women's stories and as I understand them, you know, it sets people free and it sets me free. So I think that all of our journeys would be unique, but I think the starting point has to be, you know, unpacking what you really believe. And questioning yourself, as I had to do, as to why we hold to the things that we do and to take the Bible and to look at what the scriptures say and say that what is the basis for the belief that I should have? And I think that that's the starting point that we could have. Yeah, that is so good. And I'm so glad that you shared that. I hope that that helps those that may be listening and wondering what what you can possibly do to help. Mm-hmm. Those are really good. Um, starting with the scriptures, looking for those resources that you mentioned and also just sharing. And I love that you emphasize sharing and love and grace um, with mm-hmm. people, you know, what you have found and just just raising awareness to the issue. 
Um, I really, again, appreciate this this conversation. I feel like it's so necessary, and I know it was refreshing for me to be able to have this conversation um, with someone who who has experienced similar things to what I have experienced, but that also has you know a, a unique perspective as well. Um, so if we can just close out with you sharing some of the things that you have going on right now and um, how people can stay connected with you and your ministry and things like that. Well, firstly, Kay, I want to say thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this conversation. This is like such a joy to me to be able to share something that I'm so passionate about. So thank you for this. It's amazing. And some of the things I have going on at the moment, I am releasing a new book, which I'm really, really looking forward to because it's yeah. my first children's book. Um, and it's an illustrated children's book. And it, it really follows... Uh, the story of 12, what I call girls in the Bible. Well, there were women in the Bible. Uh, 10 of them are lesser known women. Two of them are well-known, but it's really bringing to life their stories. And also then each section of their story then has a devotional section. You're supposed to work through it with a parent. But the purpose of that book is for you know, young girls, it's specifically written for tweens, you know, between kind of the ages of seven, eight and onwards to really see themselves as leaders and, and it's being exposed to women in the Bible who were leaders. So this has really been my focus point, you know, over the next few months it will be because the message that's in this book was actually given to me when I did my TED talk two years ago, thinking that we have over 1 billion little girls alive today underneath the ages of 18. And that number is just growing and expanding prolifically. And what, what kind of stories and influences are they receiving you know they they shouldn't just be able to look up to amazing women just who did amazing things but they should also be able to draw inspiration from women of faith that we find in the bible as well so that's kind of the purpose of it that's what i have going on and then a lot of talks about gender-based violence going on this year because south africa is experiencing this really really badly uh, it's just craziness. Mm. And so to, you know, to stay connected, I would love to stay connected with, with everybody. I love Instagram cause I'm so visual. Mm-hmm. And so you can always just pop on over to my Instagram. It's, it's kind of easy. It's just at profusely profound and that's where I'm at. And then on there is the link to my website, laurenjacobs.co.za. And yeah, there's some few cool things coming out the rest of the year that's still in progress. And yeah, lots of, you know, talks happening and things like that. So lots of cool stuff as we navigate through COVID-19 still. I know it's crazy for all of us worldwide. We're trying to figure it out. But yeah, I'd love to stay connected with everybody and answer any questions you have about biblical feminism and maybe your own journey and maybe just love to hear what you've all experienced. So yeah, that's how we can stay connected. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing and congratulations again on your children's book. Thank you. I'm so excited about it. I never thought I'd write a children's book. So this is a real treat. That is so exciting. And I can't wait till my daughter gets older so I can order it and we can go through (laughs) it together. Um, Yeah. But yeah, congratulations again. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Make sure that you connect with Lauren on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three.
I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcasts Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by gracenp.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.